Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Tap into the show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All links will be in the episode description. Submit original work and future episode suggestions to girlgoodnightpodcast at gmail.com. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. Tonight, we will be reading Paper Heart, written by Keisha Urban. Tune in to Paper Heart Chapter 1 to hear more about the author and a summary of the story. On last week's episode, Scotland and Knight find out they have the same birthday when he spills a drink on the dress that she can't afford. After sending her a very expensive replacement gift, they meet up for drinks and conversation in the park. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. You be on that bullshit, Crystal, homeboy. Chapter 8 Knight felt like he was floating on a cloud. He didn't even want to return to work. He'd ended up spending more time with Scotland than he planned. They lay in the park talking about everything from love to politics. He and Scotland had so much in common. They talked for hours. The only thing that separated them was their financial situation. If he didn't have to work and she didn't have to go pick up her car, they wouldn't have parted. Knight dropped Scotland off at the repair shop, hugged and kissed her goodbye. He offered to stay, but she insisted that she would be okay alone. On the ride back to work, he bumped Party Next Door featuring Drake, Recognize. You got niggas, and I got bitches. You got niggas, and I got bitches, but I want you. He sang along to the track while pondering his situation. He was literally torn between two women. He cared deeply for Lennon, Because of her, he'd been introduced to some of the most influential people in the world. Her connections pushed his career forward. He was indebted to her. They climbed their way to the top of the agency together. They were a perfect match business-wise. Together, they could accomplish anything. They were the Beyonce and Jay-Z of their field. Their upcoming wedding was the talk of the town. The who's who of St. Louis and beyond would be there. So much was pending on their wedding. It hadn't been voiced, but it was understood that Knight marrying a partner at the agency would secure him a corner office as well. He'd officially be in. Knight had worked his ass off to get to this point in his career, but now that he was almost at his goal, he wasn't really sure if it was all worth it. Lennon's attitude, demanding behavior, closed-minded, selfish ways was wearing thin. As a man, He couldn't sit back and tolerate her constant bullshit. She was breathtakingly beautiful, intelligent, and cunning. But all of the other shit that came along with her made Knight wonder, could he live the rest of his life with her? There was no joy between them. They were coexisting and faking happiness. They were nothing more than a power couple. Being around Scotland in such a short amount of time exposed all their flaws and just how unhappy he really was. He had a lot to think about. He liked Scotland a lot, 
but he wasn't willing to throw away everything for a woman he barely knew. She was cool as fuck. He enjoyed every moment he spent with her. She made him smile by just being in his presence. He wanted her in a way that he'd never wanted another woman. He wanted to make her happy and ease all of her worries, but he had to be mindful that he was promised to another. He knew he should have felt bad for having the feelings he had, but he didn't. When it came to Lennon, he felt hollow inside. Knight walked inside the agency and stopped at his secretary's desk to check his messages. His secretary gave him a stack full of notes of missed calls. As Knight checked through them, his colleague, Paul Frazier, approached him. Brian McKnight, he joked. Paul, Knight spoke, not even bothering to give him eye contact. To him, Paul was an egotistical clown. How you been, buddy? He gripped Knight's shoulder and massaged it. I'm good, Knight shrugged his shoulder away. What is this? Paul looked down and spotted a brown texture on his hand. Aw, damn. Knight glanced back at his shoulder and saw a stain of mud. How'd you get mud on your jacket, bro? Paul asked, taking his handkerchief out of his jacket and wiping his hand. I got a flat and had to change my tire. Knight took off his suit jacket. Hello, boys. Lennon strolled their way. Paul couldn't take his eyes off of her. Everything about Lennon was put together perfectly. Her hair was styled immaculately. Her makeup was filled with peach and nude tones. She wore a black Victoria Beckham flared mini dress that highlighted her toned legs and ankles strapped in Alexander McQueen heels. Paul wrapped his arm around Lennon's waist and gave her a warm, one-armed hug. Lennon savored their brief contact. For months, she and Paul had been having a torrid affair. Whenever and wherever they could get their hands on each other, they did. The day of the accident, they met outside his apartment building for a quickie. They'd been doing a damn good job of hiding their affair, but that day, they'd become dangerously close to being caught. Lennon couldn't have that. Their secret love affair could never make the light of day. He was married with children, and she was engaged tonight. Plus, her father would have a fit if he found out she was seeing a white man. Mr. Whitmore didn't have a problem with white people in general. He just preferred that his daughter not date one. He made it perfectly clear that she would be disowned if she ever brought a white man home. He wanted her to marry a black man, so Lennon satisfied her taste for heavy cream on a low. She loved white men. She was sexually attracted to them more than black men. Black men didn't rile her up like white men did. Lennon found most black men to be degenerate, uneducated thugs who wanted nothing out of life but to be a serial baby daddy. Fooling around with Paul gave her the best of both worlds. She had Knight, who was the will to her Jada. The two of them together were unstoppable. He gave her the edge and street cred that she needed when dealing with rappers and athletes. Throughout the years, she tried polishing him up, but with a man like Knight, there was only so much that could be done. He came from the streets. There will always be a rough, dirty edge to him. The way he talked, the way he dressed, and the music he listened to was all wrong. She tried to get him to stop sagging his jeans and rapping lyrics that called women bitches and hoes, but Knight wasn't having it. It just wasn't his steez. 
He hoped that Lennon would come around and accept him for who he was, but she couldn't. She didn't understand him. The way he grew up, his mannerisms, the way he spoke, and his frame of mind was foreign to her. Outside of his dashing good looks, charm, dick game, and drive, they were incompatible. Although they were incompatible, with Knight by her side, she'd be able to take over the world. She'd be able to push her father to the side and run the Whitmore agency. She'd have it all. A husband that would raise her to a position of power and a lover in Paul that could satisfy her sexual needs. Paul, she replied casually. What is that on your hand? She grimaced. And please tell me that whatever it is, you didn't get it on my dress. It's mud from the back of Knight's suit. How'd you get mud on you? Lennon questioned, perplexed. I caught a flat and I had to change the tire, Knight lied. No, no, honey, Lennon wagged her finger. We don't change tires. That's what AAA is for. I can do it myself, Knight shot, annoyed by her logic. Whatever. If you want to act like the help instead of the boss, then that's on you. Father wants to see us in his office. She walked off unbothered. Knight followed behind her. Lennon tapped on her father's door. Come on in, dear. Mr. Whitmore waved them in. You two have a seat. Every time Knight entered Mr. Whitmore's office, he was always flabbergasted. It was huge and looked like something straight out of El Decor. The walls were a charcoal gray, while the borders of the windows and door were painted white. In the center of the room was his wooden desk. Surrounding his desk were several built-in bookshelves. Mr. Whitmore had over a thousand books in his office. He'd even let Knight borrow a few. Knight placed his suit jacket back on and took a seat. It's time to seal this shoe deal between Nike and Bashir Turner. He's the biggest star in the NBA right now, so this deal between him and Nike will take him over the edge. It's a must we secure this deal. There are just a few more things to go over before Bashir signs, so we're gonna fly you two down to Miami tomorrow to meet with Nike and Bashir so we can wrap this thing up. Sounds good. Knight nodded his head, ready to go. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go, Lennon confirmed. And why not? Mr. Whitmore situated himself in his seat. I already have meetings set with a few of my clients this week that cannot be rescheduled. Knight can go by himself, Lennon told a half-truth. She did have work that needed to be attended to, but she also didn't want to be bothered with Knight. Things between them were already strained. She was over the tension. It was bad enough that she had to deal with him at work and at home. She didn't want to take a business trip to Miami and be miserable there too. They desperately needed space and she wanted time to freely be with Paul. Knight, are you okay with that? Mr. Whitmore asked. Yes, I can handle it, he assured. Great. Well, you two get back to work. Mr. Whitmore focused his attention on the paperwork on his desk. You have a good day, sir. Knight stood up and left the room. Knight, Lennon called after him. What's up? He asked, stopping mid-stride. He prayed to God that she wasn't about to start an argument. Where have you been all day? 
You've been missing from your office all afternoon, she quizzed. I had lunch at my mother's house. I ended up staying longer than I thought, he lied. How is Jean? Lennon folded her arms across her chest. Knight glared at her. What? She asked, confused. My mother's name is June. June. Jean, Jude, Jody, Wadley, whatever. Lennon waved him off, frustrated. It was a mistake, she hugged. You take everything so seriously. Are you done? Knight said, annoyed by her presence. Yeah, because there's no talking to you. I'll see you when I get home. She flicked her wrist dismissively and stormed off. If I come home, Knight shot. Don't come home. I don't care. Lennon yelled over her shoulder. Knight could give two fucks about her attitude. He didn't care so much that he walked to his office and picked up the phone. He was determined not to let Lennon ruin his day. He was on a high and planned on staying lifted. A few rings later, Scotland answered the call. Hello? She said, surprised to hear from him so soon. What you doing? Just got home. Scotland pulled her purse off over her head. What you doing tomorrow? Scotland thought about it for a second. Um, working? Why, what's up? Take off and come to Miami with me. Boy, don't play with me. I'm dead ass serious. I gotta go for business and I wanna take you with me, Knight said sincerely. Scotland's heart began to beat a mile a minute. She'd always wanted to go to Miami, but never could afford it. With the way her life was going, she thought she'd be stuck inside of St. Louis until she died. Scotland pondered the notion for a second. She had a couple of sick days on the deck that she could use. It was a free trip, she assumed. She'd be able to get on a plane for the first time. She'd get to go to sunny Miami and see the ocean. And the best perk of it all, she'd get to be with Knight. There was no way she was going to say no. Okay, I'm down. I be ready at 8 a.m. I'll be ready, Scotland squealed, hanging up. They say I don't love you. We finna see. Fantasia featuring Jazzy Faye, Don't Act Right. Chapter 9 Can you eat my Skittles? It's the sweetest in the middle, yeah. Scotland sang into a brush that she used as a pretend microphone. Lachey and Tootie were her backup singers. Beyonce's blow played while they danced around her room. Everyone was having a good time except Yaya. She lay on Scotland's bed unfazed by their playfulness. She wasn't in the mood for a bunch of silliness. She had more important things on her mind, like why her sister was being so dumb and naive. I'ma lean back, don't you worry, it's nothing major. Scotland rocked her hips from side to side. Make sure you clean that. It's the only way to get the flavor. She got on Yaya's face and sang. She was trying to get her to laugh or participate, but Yaya wasn't having it. Scotland ignored her pissy attitude and kept on dancing. She had worked up quite a sweat, but her feet wouldn't stop moving. When Beyonce came on, she immediately morphed into Sasha Fierce. She was the baddest bitch in the land that couldn't be beat. Once the song went off, the girls fell into a heap on the floor. 
they were all out of breath but cracking up laughing. Remember when we were kids and used to do this shit all the time? Tootie held her stomach, she was laughing so hard. Girl, I'm tired as hell, Scotland tried to catch her breath. I think I pulled a muscle. My ass gonna be sore as fuck tomorrow, Tootie replied. Hell, I'm sore as fuck now, Lachey confirmed. I gotta stop playing with y'all and start packing, Scotland eased her way off the floor. Yeah, I need to call and check on my kids, Lachey pulled out her phone. Who got RJ, Tootie? Scotland asked. His daddy, Tootie smiled brightly. They at my house. No tea, no shade, but you let that nigga stay in your house while you not there? Scotland quizzed. I told y'all, I don't know if he stole the money. Okay, girl, Scotland threw her hands up in the air. If you say so. What are you going to take with you to wear? Lachey asked, getting off the phone. I don't know. You know all I got is a bunch of black shit. I still can't believe this nigga taking you on a trip already. Lachey sat up against the wall. It ain't even been a week yet. And you ain't even gave up the box. Or have you? No, I haven't fucked or sucked him yet. But I might while we gone. Scotland stuck out her tongue. I know that's right. Lachey gave her a high five. Get you some. No, she needs to close her legs to an almost married man. Yaya shot them both a stank look. Ugh, why you always hating? Lachey threw a pillow at her. I'm far from a hater, Ma. Yaya dodged the throat. Don't get mad at me because I speak the truth. Let's keep it real, she said Indian style. Oh Lord, here we go. Lachey rolled her eyes. What you gotta say, Dr. Phil? He's taking you to Miami. That's cool, I guess. I mean, it's nothing, but whatever. She downplayed Scotland's trip. Shade, honey. Lachey laughed, hiding her face. I know, right? Scotland agreed. Bitch, I don't see nobody taking you to Miami. She shot, rolling her neck. Girl, whatever. I'll take my damn self to Miami. Yaya hit back. Yeah, cause you just balling out of control. Okay, girl. Scotland dismissed her. At the end of the day, Yaya bobbed her head from left to right to get her point across. When you go and come back, he's still gonna be engaged to old girl. She gonna always come before you. You side pussy, ma. I ain't side shit, cause I ain't fucking him. Scotland checked her. But you just said you might, Yaya challenged. And I just might if I decide to. I'm a grown-ass motherfucking woman. I can do what I want to do. What you mad for is the question, Scotland quizzed. You can stop with the mad shit, girl. I'm stating facts. You my sister, and I don't want to see you out here looking crazy. Quiet as kept. I'm happy you found a nigga with some paper. Maybe he can help you get this bed fixed. Yaya glared at Scotland as if to say checkmate. Nigga, that wasn't even shade. That was a whole palm tree, Tootie exclaimed, stunned. Scotland stared at Yaya. They were looking at each other square in the eyes. There was no denying that Yaya was feeling some type of way. Since they were kids, she'd gotten her little smart shit off and Scotland ignored it. She chalked it up to Yaya being Yaya. She was always bossy and assertive, but Scotland wasn't gonna put up with her slick shit anymore. 
damn bitch you really mad my bed ain't did shit to you but if it's bothering you so much get your miserable ass up off it girl please this bed is comfortable than a motherfucker y'all y'all laugh trying to ease the tension i'm just saying sister be smart about this situation because i can see the stars in your eyes you feeling this nigga ain't you i am scotland's often some there's something different about him we have this crazy connection it's weird and i know he got a chick y'all know i normally wouldn't even involve myself with a dude that got a woman but everything about him says he's supposed to be mine supposed to be and is are two different things ladybug yaya declared he's engaged what you think mommy and daddy would do if they found out about this they would be so disappointed in you i mean we all know you're the golden child just do me a favor go to miami and have a good time but keep your feelings back here in st louis trust me it'll be the best decision you ever made Mmm, yes Lennon sucked in air through her teeth as she bounced up and down on nightstick. Her eyes were closed. With every roll of her hips, jolts of electricity ran through her body. Mmm, this feels so good, she moaned, oblivious to the fact that Knight was lying there uninterested. His mind wasn't there with her or on her. Visions of Scotland's sweet face danced in his mind. He couldn't wait to see her again. Their flight couldn't leave fast enough. Going to Miami was much needed and welcome distraction from him and Lennon's problems. Things were getting worse between them by the day. Being around her was starting to make his skin crawl. He never realized how self-absorbed and cynical she was. Being in her presence was exhausting. The longer she rode his dick, the softer he became. Lennon was so self-absorbed that she didn't even realize he wasn't into it. Ooh, I'm gonna miss you, she massaged his chest. You gonna miss me, baby? Lennon leaned forward and attempted to kiss his lips. Knight ignored her question and jerked her head back with his hand instead of kissing her. Ow, that hurt. She pushed his hand away. You know I don't like it rough. Yo, we gotta finish. I got a flight to catch. Knight gripped her hips and made her rock back and forth at a faster pace. Startled but turned on by his touch, Lennon went along with the flow. Knight rocked her hips at a feverish pace. Lennon could barely keep up. When she rode him, she liked to take things nice and slow. Lennon was delicate, or so Knight thought. She didn't like to sweat or get a hair out of place. The way she was moving, her edges were sure to sweat out and get nappy. Baby, she whimpered. Wait, you're going too fast. Knight heard her cries, but refused to slow down. He needed her ass to hurry up and come. It hurts. You're too big. Lennon gasped for air as her breast flopped in the air. You wanted to fuck, right? Yeah, Lennon shrilled. Then act like a big girl and take this dick. Knight slapped her on the ass hard. Don't be slapping me on the ass. I'm not a damn donkey. Lennon hit him on the chest and she felt herself about to come. Oh my God, she roared, convulsing. Lennon's body shook out of control. 
She hadn't even come all the way down from her orgasmic high when Knight roughly lifted her off of him. Well, damn, Lennon panted, pulling the sheets over her body. What's wrong with you? You know I got a flight to catch, and I'm not even done packing. Knight threw on a pair of hooping shorts. We always make love before you go out of town. It's our tradition, she caught her breath. Maybe we need to start a new tradition. The ones we've been doing are getting kind of old. You know, you've been really moody since your birthday. Why can't we get past what happened and move on? I'm tired of the negative energy. It's draining me. Lennon massaged her temples. I had to get two massages this week alone. Poor you. Poor little rich girl. Polly want a cracker? Knight mocked her. You can be such an asshole sometimes. Lennon sneered, wrapping the sheets around her. Pissed, she hopped off the bed and stormed into the bathroom, slamming the door behind her. Knight proceeded to grab his suitcase and finish packing. He wasn't at all phased by Lennon's temper tantrum. His mind was focused on one thing, and that was getting to Scotland as fast as he could. Are you still up? Girl, good night.